1: Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial
0: life. Hi, James. Hi, Scott. How are you today?
1: I'm good today. How are you doing?
0: Excellent. We have a listener question. So it's a good question. Always I nice. This one. Yeah, we love listener questions. So if you have one, send it in. We're happy to answer them.
1: Yes. Please.
0: And while you're at it, if you like our podcast, please smash that like button. Give us five stars. Leave a review so other people can find us and we can help them as well. Yeah. Um, okay. For today's question, um, it comes from Kevin. Kevin, thank you for writing in. And, um, his question is, do we have any advice on how to teach kids about money basics? Um, My wife and I are trying to figure out how to teach our 16-year-old daughter financial basics before she goes off to college in a few years. We're trying to decide whether to open a checking account in her name and giving her a monthly allowance so she can start to learn about budgeting and considering adding her to our credit card account. She has a small amount of savings and is trying to decide what to do with it. Should she put it in a high-yield savings account, maybe try to invest a bit? Um, What else do you think? Awesome. Yeah. What a great
1: question. Great question. Looking out for your children because I think people get to a point in life where they realize if I knew when I was my kid's age what I know now, things would be a lot different. Obviously, I don't know anything about this this listener, but thank you so much for your question. And and I think everyone wants to set their children up financially for success. And so the question of how do you or, or what advice would you have on how to teach kids about money basics is a good one because we're not really taught it in schools. We're not really taught it unless... Mom and dad, or someone else, comes along and does that for us.
0: So, absolutely, I've got some
1: ideas. Where Where would you like to start with this, though?
0: Yeah, why don't we start with the idea of budgeting and allowance? Yeah, I think that's a great place to start.
1: I think budgeting is probably the the hub of everything in any future financial success that you're going to have. If you Agreed. Learn to manage the budget well; everything else can will hopefully fall into place.
0: And we see it in in uh, working with any client. Any to me, any financial planner worth their metal will always start with, "What do you spend? Yeah, what do you save? Yep, because yep. <laughs> if you want to know what your number is, a number no it doesn't really exist anyway because there's too many guesses. In my opinion, we can, maybe you can give a number, but it really comes down to what do you need to mm-hmm. live life, right? Absolutely. And this is the basic ba- you know the most foundational building block that there is. Yes. Absolutely,
1: and, and we've both seen it. Where it doesn't matter how much income you're making, if you can't budget well, you're you're not going to be successful. If you're spending more than you make, you're not going to be successful. So, people hear budgeting and they think it's this big, complicated thing, and you've got to keep this big, long spreadsheet, or there's all these details. But it doesn't have to be that way.
0: Nope. I'm thinking when teaching kids budgeting. Yep, three three envelopes three or envelopes. three buckets. What would you start with? Um, save, spend, and give. I like it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember this this is my first money memory as a kid is I had three envelopes. I had a you get money and you put it in these three envelopes. You save some, you give some, you spend some. Yeah. Very basic and that was my first budget. Yeah. What would you what would you recommend for how much might might go into each of those envelopes or those buckets?
0: Well, I think we can all decide different amounts, right? Um, but I think a good I think a rule of a good place to start the conversation would be let's always save twenty percent of our income. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps we give ten percent of our income, mm-hmm. and we say, and we get to spend the other seventy percent.
1: Yeah, I love it. I think that's a good framework. And like you said, parents can adjust those numbers as they see fit. But the biggest thing is if you can get your child to to learn the discipline of spending less than they make, and learning to save, and learning to give from everything they make. That's gonna that's going to scale up as income scales up mm-hmm. over time. And so how how do you, um, what would be the next step with that? I say, okay, I'm going to teach my child about about budgeting. We have a save, a spend, a give, bucket. How do you approach that? Like, do you, you say, okay, monthly, here's your income. Here's what you do with it.
0: Yeah, why don't we go even bigger level for a second. I think this is a, it opens up a space to have a conversation with your kids about money. Right. Um, and I think that some parents you know it 's interesting because m- my parents we didn't talk about money i 'd learn about money on my own mm-hmm. right we just it 's not something that we talked about. Um, different families are going to feel differently about that. so I think ahead of time, you might want to think about what are you going to be willing to share with your child right. about money right, right. Like, And the other thing is like if you're going to ask them or teach them to save, spend and give. My hope is that you're already doing that yourself because mm-hmm. if you're not, it's going to be very difficult to teach them. Right. So, and if you're not and you don't agree with this, what think through this method of, well, what do you agree with mm-hmm. and what do you do? Mm-hmm. And perhaps go apply that methodology for your kids. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. I love it. Okay. Cause I'm not saying like what we're saying is right. <laughs> Just a, a good, a good base place to start. Right. Does that make sense? I think it's right. You think it's right. Think of it's course right. you do. Yeah. Yes. This is, this is the standard. Um, from there, uh, before we look at where people can go put that money, let's think through – because if we want to do an allowance um, – and actually the interesting thing is, is that to me when I talk to clients about cash flow and we think about what we need to spend for a week of life, just living a great life in San Diego – We often think about how much we spend kind of on our everyday variable expenses. We almost think of them monthly or we go use a credit card and that's where the overspending happens. We talked about that in the episode, Budgeting Sucks, Do This Instead. Um, What I find is most helpful is for instead to people get how much do you need for a week, right? Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't do um, here's your allowance for the month. I would do here's your allowance for the week and then divide it into the three buckets because you can mentally account for I'm going to go see a movie with my friends on Friday. Yeah. Right. You can't mentally account for, I'm going to go to two and a half movies over the next (laughs) month. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I forgot about that baseball game I'm going to go to. And I forgot about this or I forgot about that. So it's better to me to go ahead and budget for a week at a time. And then if they have something in the short run that they want to be saving for, well, then that might change the amount that they allocate to spending versus saving.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Mm Yeah. 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 Awesome. And and the beautiful thing about this is it's so simple, but it scales up so easily. If life starts getting more complicated and you have more expenses, you just add more categories. Yeah. Or if if spending is too broad of, okay, you start by learning how to spend 70% of what you bring in. Well, you start to divide that up into different categories. So if you can start with the fundamentals and the basics, it gets very easy to uh, just to grow on this or, or just have this develop even further over time.
0: Absolutely. The cool thing is too, we're talking about a 16 year old here, but you could be doing this with a 10 year old, right? Um, Instead of, you know, uh, buying them whatever they want, whenever you walk into a store with them, not that we walk into stores right now with our kids with COVID perhaps, but, you know, they can have their own savings account and, do they have the money to buy what they want right now? No. Well, then it teaches them how to do that, right? Yeah. Um, on that, Or for that spend amount. And it also teaches them if mom and dad are doing the same thing with their own money and it's a Friday night and everyone wants to go out, but we don't have what's left in our weekly account for going out, well, we're going to stay home this weekend. What did that just teach them? that? there's something to be said for delayed gratification. We'd rather save our savings money for that trip we're going to take or for future retirement or for you to go to college versus let's just go out and spend.
1: Absolutely, and that just goes back to your point of being the role model you want your kids to become because kids are going to learn so much more just from observing, even subconsciously most of the time, than they are about what your parents or what parents are are telling them. So uh, living this out on your own and then you're teaching your kids with this framework I think could be really helpful And then the next question might be of, okay, my, my, my child's doing this. They're saving 20% or whatever percent you decide is, is best. What are they, what do they save that towards? How do you teach them about savings or investing or whatever else might come with that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, you know, we didn't actually, before this, we're recording this, we didn't geek out too much on where should we have them go save and why. But in all honesty, uh, I would actually probably keep that envelope system idea going at first, more so than start looking at like other buckets. We can talk about places they can go save in a yeah. moment. But the reason why is there's this thing called saliency, which basically means how you feel about parting with money or receiving money. Yeah. Um, and if, if, if I hand you $20, that's much different than if I put $20 in your bank account um one f- is has more feeling to it and it, and at the same time if you take $20 and you go hand it to the person at the movie theater that feels different than swiping your $20 on a debit card yeah right so it's like it honestly teaches you the feeling of money a bit more than the kind of the electronic version that we live by so the reason i say that is if you do that with um maybe that savings maybe we are just saving at first 20% and we're just saving for life because we don't know what's going to come up.
1: Well, and, I, and I fully agree. I think if if we were talking to a 26 or a 36 or a 46-year-old about this instead of a 16-year-old, it's, oh, you want to build your emergency fund with your savings. Then you want to save for retirement. Then you want to save for a home. Then you want to save for your kid's college. And there's all these right different things you want to check off the box. Yeah. But again, this is about instilling good habits into your child. And even if that's just putting the money in a literal piggy bank or mm-hmm. a literal envelope or mm-hmm. just a bank account, that's more important at this point with small amounts than what is it that you're actually investing in or saving to or anything else like that?
0: Agreed. I think the next thing there with the that savings is one of the things you could do with that savings that that well two things. One is that ten percent that we're putting away for giving. You start talking to your kids, but well, where would you guys want to give and why? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you attend church and you wanna be giving it in the offering plate. Maybe they've really been taken up by Um, Some of these movements, like Black Lives Matter, or you know, uh, police injustice, or you know, whatever it is, like maybe maybe they have a cause that they're excited about that they want to go give to. Well, then it's it's an opportunity for them to put money um, to work in a place that matters to them. So it it also allows for a great discussion Mm -hmm. about where to give and why, which is lovely. On the saving side of things, I think that um, you could you could kind of start to teach them about the concept of having money work for them by dialing up the rate of return that they could get. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a high yield savings account right now at a bank is what like point, I think my I think Marcus just reduced to 0.6% yeah. per year. So basically nothing. Well, you know, if Lucas is going to save, you know, $100 over the year, maybe I give him a 10 or a 20% return on his money in his savings account, mm. right? So mom and dad bankroll that extra $10 or $20 versus, you know, if, if it's not huge sums of money, it could teach yeah. them um, so, so about rates kind of, of return and things like that.
1: Create that incentive for them that the banks aren't going to create right now. Yeah. It, and and reward your child for saving like the banks won't reward them right now just because of where interest rates
0: are. I like that. Exactly. Just kind of helps speed it along a little bit. Yeah teach them that teach
1: them that there's there is uh, a benefit to saving it's not just save because mom and dad told you to save but it pays off and maybe you do that for the first couple few years and then once your child's old enough you start maybe at that point you start teaching about stock investing or investing in other places Mm -hmm. and hey there are places that you can get these types of rates of return potentially but it comes with investing and here's how investing works and so mom and dad used to be the stock market now here's the actual stock market And it could be a nice transition into teaching about that down the road.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, with that savings, you could either do a percentage rate if you wanted to try to teach them about percentages a little bit. Or you could just do some type of a match, right? For every X number of dollars you put in, we'll match one. Absolutely.
1: I like it. Yeah. Uh, What are your thoughts? Part of the question here, it says, let me go back to this. We're trying to decide whether to open a checking account. What is it? says, and considering adding her to our credit card account, what are your thoughts on adding a child to a credit card account? Of course, just for the purpose of building credit or teaching them about finances. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, okay. So te- <laughs> teaching about finances, I think that's a slippery slope because credit cards – Credit cards are the opposite of saliency, what I was talking about earlier, right? So, and you and I have talked many times before about good debt and bad debt, right? Mm-hmm. Putting money, putting a trip on a credit card to go like have a good time or to go, just to go buy extra stuff. That's really not a good thing to teach. Um, but building up good credit for the future is a good thing. Yep. So, I think there's, I, I'd be careful with this my th- my initial thought would be if you do a credit card if you first of all you can add your child to a credit card so that they start to receive the credit history of that but in order to do that you need to have really good credit history as is like if you have mediocre to bad credit history that's not going to be helpful to your kids yeah. one um, but if you have great credit low credit utilization, meaning you, you have big, big available balances and you don't carry lots of credit card debt and you pay it off every month. And, you know, that could be great for your, your child to start having that, that benefit. Um, the next thing to me would be if they get the card, um, I would probably give it to my, now I don't have a 16 year old yet, right? I have an eight year old and a two year old, so I'm not giving either of them a credit card, (laughs) but if I did have a 16 year old and I was going to give them a credit card, I might, you know, in my mind, I would do something like you can use this for gasoline or you can use this for, um, emergencies only, or maybe if they had a cell phone and we, they paid it through their allowance, I would, we would pay their portion of the cell phone bill through the credit card. Right. Mm -hmm. But then they would have to pay us the amount back to kind of start teaching how that would work. Mm -hmm. Um, so that they're not using it for other things. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. So I think, um, My thoughts are, when it comes to a credit score, you primarily think of having a good credit score to make, well, what's the benefit of that? Well, if you want to buy a home down the road, having a good credit score means you qualify for a lower interest rate. If you want an auto loan, if you want another loan, the better your credit score, the lower the rate you're going to get. So as a 16-year-old, I don't think it's crucial that you have a credit score just yet. Um, And so it's not going to make or break anything if your 16-year-old doesn't have a credit score, even if your 18- or 20-year-old doesn't have a credit score. And in my opinion, credit cards at that young an age could potentially do more harm than good just mm-hmm. because, as you mentioned, there's not that saliency. It's so easy to learn just, oh, if I want to go buy something, if I want to go out with my friends, if I want that, I just I just swipe this plastic thing that's in my pocket and I get it. Yeah. And, and going back to teaching kids about money is more about building good habits than it is about anything else. I don't think teaching kids that they can just swipe a credit card to pay a bill is the smartest thing to do. Even if it does help build credit a little bit, and and now that's kind of my personal bias. I, I personally didn't have a credit card until I think I was like twenty five or something. I just, yeah, kind of weird like that. But it, it helped me. I just used a debit card, and so I kind of saw if I'm going to spend money. It's coming right out of my bank account. You can't really spend money you don't have. Where it was with a credit card, you could. Um. So I'm I'm a little, I'm anti credit cards for kids. Just my own personal bias. Yeah. it's not going to be a terrible thing if they use it responsibly. It could help to build credit. But I think there's more potential for it to do harm than to do good
0: yeah and I was pretty I'm pretty reticent as well. I think the interest if you want to do the happy medium, you could of course add them as an authorized user and then not give them a card yeah right <laughs> so yeah. long as you have great credit that that'd be fine. Um, you know the other thing that that actually brings up, the point that you're making, there are going to be friends, there are going to be kids running around with them who are just get to do whatever they want with money yeah. And that's going to make this challenging. Yep. And I think you just have to put that out there right now. Yep. Right? Yeah. Um, Teaching your kids that like money doesn't grow on trees and and they have to, you know, there's responsibility with this. Um, Teaching them that now when they're 16 and letting them make mistakes and run out of money or go, you know, the other side of it that we didn't even come up with where I said the interest rate that you could give them um, for saving, you could also charge them interest if they go over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. They can get a loan from mom and dad, but now they have, now their future allowance is getting taken away. Cause they have to go pay it back mm-hmm. to start learning that lesson, right? Like there's a, there's quite a few things you can do here. Yeah. That's kind of safe within the framework of, of life with the kids now so that they hopefully learn these money lessons um with a very small amount of wreckage for
1: themselves yeah no there there is a point if you're gonna mess up it's better to mess up as a kid when there's there's more of a safety net than than as an adult
0: yeah yeah
1: so the the more the better the habits you can create and the more uh mistakes you can learn from i guess the better at this point but i guess we're we're getting all philosophical on this well, Which it kind of it, boils
0: down to you're you're really trying to g- let them screw up under your guys under your watch. Right. So that so that it's OK. It's a lesson learned rather than something that is more damaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, anything else you would add to this? Um, The only thing I would add is like, you know, it's I don't think it's a really big thing, but like you could, of course, if they have earned income, they could open a Roth IRA and they could start saving for retirement. That's something they could potentially be doing with that 20 percent. So just keep that in mind as well. They could start investing. You know, I think that's kind of a different conversation for a different day. There's something to be said for buying an individual stock and watching Tesla go up through the roof. And Hmm. eventually it maybe it keeps going through the roof or maybe some days, you know, it comes back down. Um, so that they can start learning about volatility and risk, um, but that's kind of a that's not to me that's not the basics. The mm-hmm. basics are really learning about cash flow um, and learning how to manage manage a budget and start mindfully thinking about what they need to do.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah,
1: awesome. Well, thanks, Scott. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer in a future episode, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there'll be a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for Scott and I to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.